Welcome back to the series, everyone. Really excited to share today's session with you. So I interviewed Terry. She is an artist and business coach, and she is a 3-5 sequel generator. She is currently coaching artists and business in all stages of their careers through one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, workshops, webinars, and speaking engagements. She continues to engage and support the artist industry in ways that help ease the transition from the traditional work environment into the realities of freelancing as a professional artist. Her biggest fire is dismantling the starving artist bullshit by supporting ambitious artists from passion to profession. So today's conversation, we really dove into the ebbs and flows that she's currently experiencing in her business and just how she shared some experiences where she's had some challenging conflicts or just experiences in general with clients who were not ideal clients. So what we did was we really looked at how she can embody her human design as a 3-5 cycle generator. And then we dove in specifically to her Venus sequence to support her in the kinds of relationships that she's destined to have and to really look at the different patterns and triggers and whatnot that can come up from her Venus sequence so that she can really take that and reevaluate some of the ways that she's showing up in her business so that she can work with her ideal clients. So this conversation is real. It's raw and I find it so beautiful because I find that this is really going to normalize talking about those challenging times of business where, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. You know, sometimes we work with people who aren't ideal and it's like, how do we pivot that so that everyone can win, be respectful and come from a place of unconditional love. So I really hope that you find today's conversation inspiring and that it really invites you to consider how you can leverage your Venus sequence in business. So let's dive in, my friends. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this series. I'm really excited because today I have Terry with me. She's a 3-5 sacral generator, and I'm really excited. We're going to dive into human design, gene keys, and whatever wisdom comes up in this conversation. So getting into this, Terry, I would love if you can share in your own words what your intention is for our session today and how I can support you, and then we're just going to get into the things together. Right. So I think that the overarching, um, how I want to like, you know, lead my thoughts in the conversation is through curiosity and through, you know, gaining more clarity as to maybe what some future opportunities might be based on my strengths. Um, there has been a lot of misalignment between my business and I and some resentment of, of push and pull. And so it's caused a lot of confusion and some muddy waters as to um, what even my messaging is to attracting people that I truly, truly want to work with. I'm not sure I'm showing up as my highest self, my best self, because I haven't had the success that I see for myself. So I think I'm just walking into this conversation feeling very curious, feeling like, what can I do with the strengths that I currently have? And um, really wanting some like clarity around how I can utilize the things inside of my body and inside of my head to um, come back to a really calm place. I think that's what I'm I'm looking for because I'm very... I'm feeling like a lot of tension between where I am right now and the shift that I'm about to make. So good. Thank you for being vulnerable with that. And I know that there's going to be things, right? Yes. But there's going to be people watching and listening to this who are most likely going to be able to relate. And this is the whole point of doing this series was to have like 
real shit that people are dealing with. Like this isn't just about all the shiny things that we get to have as an entrepreneur. So I'm really looking forward to this. So the first thing that I really want to dive into is I want to look at your human design chart. So you are a three, five sacral generator. You have a triple split, which means that you have six centers defined and they're all connected in pairs. So there's three different splits. And the other thing I'll talk about first though, is you being a three, five. Do you know anything about the three, five profile? I have, I actually watched your three, five or I listened to it was, it was maybe a podcast episode. Um, and I wrote down a bunch of notes on, on that, uh, on like the colors and like, kind of like basic, but yeah, very, very basic. Okay. I'm going to, I want to rip into this because I think okay. this is the first thing. One of the things I love about a three line. So your profile, the three, five is like the lens of how you operate and show up in the world. So you having a conscious three line. So if you look at your conscious sign and your conscious earth, these top two symbols of planets on the right-hand side of these, of this column in black, the three line after the dot is your conscious profile. This is how you show up in the world. And the three line is all about experimentation. Now, traditionally, you'll see here, it says martyr. I don't really like the word martyr. <laughs> I like the word experimenter because I feel that it's more of a permission slip to be messy and do the thing. And yeah. so how you're designed to show up as a sequel generator is to do the things that you love doing, the things that light you up, and also allowing yourself to experiment in the things that you do. And how you experiment is how you gain your wisdom. And then you having an unconscious five line. So at the top of the unconscious planets in the other column, so it says 47.5, the five line, that means, so it says herit heretic in uh, on the genetics matrix page here, but it's also known as the hero or the mentor in other human design language. And so you're designed to do the things that lights you up, experiment with it and mentor people on what it is that you learned. And I find that that's so beautiful with, the nature of your work of yeah. being an artist and how you coach people, you mentor people on their art and the work that they do that they're putting out into the world. And you're probably going to be able to come to them and be like, this is all the shit that I've done. I know what doesn't work. I know what does work. And here's how I can support you. Yeah. And so yeah. does that resonate? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely even like in my astrology sign, you know, being a Sagittarius, playing and leading are definitely huge strengths of mine um and have always been that way so um i definitely experiment through the educational route like that's risk taking has never been an issue for me yes right so I, i'm so happy that this is like validating for you because yeah. the other thing i want to talk about you know you're talking about this this kind of lack of clarity so things feeling kind of muddy like we got into the nitty-gritty a bit more before we hit record and now we're diving into it but you being a triple split so like i said you have you know there's three centers connected the root spleen heart center and then we have the g center and the sacral and then we have the head and the ajna so one of the things that you might notice that you that you experience is the head and ajna this is all about your ideas your inspiration the things that you believe finding answers. This is always going to be clear in your mind, but sometimes the way that you share it can be challenging because you have an undefined throat center. It can really depend on who you're with, or if there's like a conflict or something, you might notice that when you leave and come back, you can express yourself more clearly. 
And so again, with the experimenting, like with the three line, it's very much like you need to, you need to play. Right. And I'm so glad that you're using that word of like playing and having fluidity and so on. And it's like you having that triple split, you really need to give yourself the space to trial and error. Right. And if you need to go and come back, especially when it comes to working with clients or even sharing your ideas, showing up on social media, it's not always going to be consistent fluid all the time. But that's also, I feel like kind of the nature of being an artist too. You're not painting eight hours every single day, like a nine to five. You know what I mean? Yep. And the other thing that I want to say is that the triple split means that there's like three different kinds of conversations that are always happening within you. So it's like the head and Ajna are very much like, okay, this is my inspiration. These are my ideas. This is what I believe. And then you have the root center to the spleen to the heart center. And these three centers, the root is all about pressure to evolve. The next thing in life, what is it that I'm doing, right? Personal growth. The spleen is about your physical awareness, like what's best for you. The things that that you have fear about, like finding safety and security, your intuition. And the heart center is like your integrity, your commitments, your desires in life, being resourceful. So there's a conversation around this. It's like, okay, what's the next thing? How am I going to find the safety and security? And what are the things that I desire to, what am I going to drive myself towards that it is that I want? So then you have this conversation. And then the third conversation between the sacral and the G center is very much like, okay, my creative energy, like what is it that lights me up? Who am I? Where am I going? What am I doing? Right? So, and who, like, how am I lovable? Like, how do people see me? How do I see myself? So I'm curious if those three flavors of conversation resonate with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's very like, it's going in a very circular manner right now. You know, it's, it's seesawing between what do I desire? What's my purpose? Um, what lights me up because I'm in a place where I'm, I'm actually not sure you know, when you've been doing something for a good, a couple of years and you feel like you've got it down packed and all of a sudden you have this shift in confusion because things are not aligning. It's very easy to go into a rabbit hole of who am I, what brings me joy, what's next for me. So there's, there's sort of, um, I'm on a little bit of like a mouse wheel right now where I'm like chasing one of these areas if I can define one of these areas or have answers to one of these things, then I feel like it will start to like trickle down into the other things, you know, like just, I, I will know what brings me joy or I will know um, where I can, what's next in terms of like experimenting in this, in, in my career. Um, right now it's, they, all kind of feel a little undefined, you know, that there, there's like a fog around those things. So I'm like every day, I'm just like, which one of these is going to open up, which chamber is going to like explode. And then I'll get the ball rolling again. That's really my hope, I guess. Yes. And I think it's, that's the first thing is really having that awareness. And then obviously you sharing from this place of curiosity that you don't have all the answers right now. Right. But I think the big thing for me in pointing out you being a triple split and talking about the flavors of each of these spaces is that the more you can lean into like, okay, there's these three different conversations going on inside of me. There's nothing actually wrong with me. This is how I process. 
And you might notice, depending on the people you're around or the environments that you go and work in, you know, you're going to pick up those hanging gates. So for example, like if you, if somebody you're around somebody who has that 21 activated in the heart center that will connect to your 45 in your throat center. And then suddenly you might feel like, okay, I can really express my desires right now. Right. So it's really allowing yourself to be dynamic in the environments that you, that you go into or the clients that you work with. Right. So I want to move into talking about the Venus sequence. Cause I know that like, I can really hear in your sharing this, this frustration of loving the work that you do, but it, it feeling like it's not being received. And then it's like, well, okay, if I'm not, if I'm not being received, like how the fuck am I supposed to make a difference? You know? Yeah. The impact is not, is just like feeling very, it's not strong. Yeah. So it's definitely a push and pull of like, I've made this impact before what it has changed, or maybe it's, maybe it's just the shift is so great that it's um pushing me to do something new and i and i'm not sure i i can control that yes yes and so one of the things just so the audience knows that Harry and i talked about before we hit record was just talking about like do i move forward with my business or is this the end like this this is kind of like where we're at right now like this is the crossroads but we're coming at it from a place of curiosity and i think that obviously it's not like you know how some people they use astrology for example to be like oh predict my future and if i'm am i going to be in a relationship with this person and it gets very black and white and obviously i'm not a black and white person when it comes to this work but right. I was really drawn when you shared this with me to get into your Venus sequence because the Venus sequence is about love. It is about unconditional love, whether that's towards yourself, your clients, your business, whether you move forward with what it is that you're doing and you have more clarity. You talked about the hamster wheel. And I feel like a hamster wheel is a prime example of us being stuck in old patterns or just subconscious programming of what we learned in our past or in our childhood. And so this is why I want to get into the Venus sequence, because I think it's going to bring more clarity in terms of the relationship you have with yourself and with others. So I'm, I'm curious if that's like resonating with you so far. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when something is, has not been working for a while, you know, it, the, the, there's a change that's just inevitable. I actually haven't felt this way, um, in about eight years when I was an art educator for over a decade, I finally left that career, you know, to pursue full-time freelance the last eight years. And I remember, leaving that and saying like, I'll never be able to use those skills doing something else. What am I supposed to do? You know, like, who am I? And eight years later, I'm feeling that way again. So I do know that there is something else. I just don't know what yet. So yeah. Okay. So let's dive into this. So I know that you shared with me that you're totally new to the gene key. So I'm going to give you a rundown, which I know is also going to support our audience because some people might be in the same boat. So the gene keys, when we look at your human design chart, you see on either side, well, inside of the centers, we have the gates. They're called the gates in the human design chart. It's the numbers here. And the ones that are defined are either in black or in red, or sometimes they're in both. And the red is your unconscious definition and the black is your conscious definition. So all of these symbols and the columns on either side of your human design chart are the planets. So in the gene keys, 
and the gates in the human design chart, they share a system called the I Ching system, which comes from this Chinese divination text. It's talking about the 64 different archetypes of energy. And then within that, there's three different frequencies of a shadow gift and city for each number. So in the gene keys, what happens is 11 of the planets are pulled from your human design chart, that astrology. So use the same information to get your human design chart that you do your gene keys. And they're built into three different sequences. And each sequence, which you can see here, there's the green, the red, and the blue, have different flavors. And they tell a different story and they show a different journey that you experience throughout your life. But it's not like, oh, I've been through the, the activation sequence and now it's done. It's like literally constantly going your entire life, like breathing in and out until the day we arrive and the day that we leave, like that's, this is, this work is, these themes are going to show up in our life. So the first sequence, the activation sequence is really about getting that core stability in your life and really looking at the, the challenges that you experience so that when you have that stability, you can really open up your heart. And so today we're going to go right into the Venus sequence because I really want to talk about, you know, the love for yourself, the love for your business and the love for whatever it is that you decide to do moving forward. And also the love for getting clarity around ideal clients, because that might be the shift that you need in terms of, oh, yeah. I see these patterns. I see how I need to communicate or shift things that are in your control. So does that resonate so far as an yeah. explanation? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Beautiful. So we're going to talk about the purpose sphere. This is transitioning from the activation sequence, the green into the red. And your purpose fear is your unconscious earth planet. So this is really specifically what is like grounding you in life unconsciously and like in your body. So 22.5 here, the 22 is found in the emotional solar plexus in your human design chart, which is all about your emotions, your feelings. Because you have this center undefined, this is really like you're an empathetic person. Like you feel the things and sometimes it might feel like the things get stuck in you, yes. right? Yeah. Which is like probably really frustrating. <laughs> I, just so, can pick up, I just can pick up so much around me and then yes, it does get stuck and then I'll start to project onto whatever just entered my body. <laughs> yes. So I love that you brought that up specifically because I talked about how every gene key or every gate has a shadow, a gift, and a city. So what this means is that it's it's it keeps things to be non-binary when it comes to our energetic or emotional experiences in life because obviously there's a spectrum when it comes to being sad, right? You could be really, really fucking sad, the saddest you've ever been in your life, or maybe you're sad because you go to the ice cream shop and they don't have chocolate and you're like, damn. I really want a chocolate today. You know what I mean? So yeah. every every gene key has their spectrum to contemplate. And when I say contemplate, it's really coming again from that lens of curiosity that you and I, you know, set an intention with at the beginning of this session. So that dishonor, the shadow of dishonor is like, where are you dishonoring yourself and others, especially when it comes to that emotionality of like, maybe you're picking things up that aren't yours. And you're, you feel like you have to hold this or carry this and it's not yours and you're dishonoring yourself, right? And so when we look at the gift of graciousness and grace, one thing I love about the 22 as a channel is reaching up towards the throat, towards gate 12, okay? This whole channel is really about graciously being able to express ourselves. And I love this because being an art artist has this graciousness to it. Yeah. 
I mean, it can be very um, accepting and forgiving because I don't think people expect artists to be a certain way um, or, or vocalize or message the same concept, you know, so there's definitely a freedom with that. Um, but I also think that sometimes people will also expect you to soak up whatever they're giving. Like, here's what I'm giving, like take it or leave it type of thing without them even really knowing, um, which is why sometimes that I'm stuck with whatever they've given me. But I, I, I think when I do create boundaries on what I'm soaking in, that is often where the resistance between myself and clients come into play. Yes. So when we look at this, okay, this is so good because we're talking about boundaries. And one of the things I love is the fifth line. So being 0.5, 22.5, the fifth line voice and frequency is like you being expressed in those boundaries, right? And I love that the 22 is here because again, that 22 to 12 channel in human design is about emotionality and expressing your emotions, right? And so that and the fifth line I love from a Gene Keys lens is like the fifth line ties into power, it ties into leadership, it ties into practicality, it ties into simplicity and mentorship, like I mentioned earlier with you being a three five, right? So it's like when you look at being an artist, giving yourself the grace and knowing how you can mentor and support others, where is it that maybe you're not authentically or graciously expressing yourself and sharing those boundaries that you need to have? I think that there's in the, in the last maybe couple of relationships that I've had that, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about there was a big disconnect between what they thought a coach was or someone to guide them through their, you know, artists and business journey and what it really is. And so receiving things that were unexpected, unexpected feedback or unexpected realities or um, was very difficult in like mid relationship. So I think when I created some of those boundaries, like this is actually not mine to pick up whatever, you know, imposter syndrome or rejection you're feeling or insecurities you're feeling in this place the, those aren't for me to like absorb. And that's where some conflict would arise when I would kind of say, you know, like we can work on this together, but the, the, these feelings are not mine. And I think that some of my clients at the time would get really frustrated with me and it just, you know, our relationship wouldn't flourish. There was a, uh, all of a sudden it sort of like broke down something. Um, so I think expectations and, and, and maybe I wasn't setting some of those expectations up front on what my boundaries were. You know, I, I have, I've always had pretty good boundaries. I've never really struggled in that area, but, um, it's possible that I was being overly cautious in every, as these relationships, as this pattern of like, you know, um, resistance kept moving. I maybe got more and more scared to then vocalize what those boundaries were. Um, so there's like, I mean, I, I said this in the beginning, there's a lot of confusion now because of those different types of feelings that came up in those coaching artists, you know, coaching client relationships that 
um, I thought were boundary driven and the expectations were clear. Um, but messaging that is also can be difficult depending on how sensitive or, you know, the, the person that you're dealing with, uh, the personality you're dealing with. Yes. So one thing, okay. I really love what you're talking about because I'm going to jump ahead. I was going to kind of walk through the Venus sequence. I go to the attraction and then IQ, EQ, and SQ, but I'm going to jump right up into the IQ, EQ, and SQ. And I'll talk about the attraction afterwards. And the reason why I want to talk about these three spheres is because they address three periods in our life of like very intense transformation. And they have to do with the energetic imprinting that we receive in a childhood. So for example, the IQ is known as your intelligent quotient. This is like your energetic imprinting between the ages of like 14 to 21. So imagine like those teenage years going into early adulthood. And this is really your intelligent quotient has to do with your beliefs and how you see things and your, your perceptions and, you know, the societal influences that you've had during that time. Your EQ is from the ages of like seven, eight to like 14, 15, right? So like that young becoming like teenager vibes that time. And it it's known as your emotional quotient. And this is like your, your, areas of opportunity in terms of immaturity for emotionality in terms of like how to learn how to set boundaries with others and how to be emotionally expressed and what we've learned in terms of like emotional relationships with mentors or people in our life during that time. And then we have the SQ, which is going back in time from the ages of like zero until seven. So you can see these three phases are from like zero to 21. So zero to seven is like the time when you are it's, it's known as the SQ is known as your spiritual quotient. This is like who you're destined to connect with, like spiritually and like who's here to guide you spiritually and how you're connected with others. And so what I find interesting with these three spheres is that you have the fifth line with all of them. You have a lot of fifth line energy, this like power, this voice, this leadership, really mentoring and guiding other people. So when I look at the IQ, EQ, and SQ, the reason why I wanted to jump to this is because this shows us where our triggers are in the sense of like what we believe, how we feel, and who we're designed to connect with, right? So it's like when you're talking about these experiences with your clients, when I look at the IQ in terms of like mentally, you know, the shadow of purposelessness is like, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of us having this connection as client and coach? And how, how am I actually going to support you? The practical mind is all about you bringing simplicity into how you lead others. But when it's not received, what it can turn into is this defensiveness, this you versus me energy, right? So it's like, the reason why I wanted to dive into this is because sometimes, and I feel like you probably learned this the hard way based on the kinds of clients that you worked with is like that, what is the purpose? But totality is like, there can be no purpose and purpose simultaneously, which is kind of a paradox and a little bit of a mind fuck where it's like, why? Like, here's an example. You're stuck in traffic. You're trying to get somewhere and you're like, why is this happening? This makes absolutely no sense. But then you're sitting there and you're like, wow, I really can't force this right now. And then you realize there's a purpose in being present in that moment. Right. Yes, absolutely. Right? And the, the city, so the immortality, there's some like words I find in the gene keys that are like, whoa, like really super esoteric. But like I said, you know, the light and the dark, the purpose, the purposelessness, it's all, it's all one. It's all interconnected. It's all 
always going to be present, which I feel like brings the flavor of immortality. So it's almost like in those interactions, in those mental conflicts with clients, when you know that you're there to bring that simplicity with your practical mind and you see yourself getting defensive, it's like, what is the purpose in this interaction right now, even if it's not a fun and fluffy one? You know, I've always been someone who is um, intrigued by conflict. I don't run away from it. I definitely am comfortable, very comfortable with conflict. And that's pretty unique. Um, I think in just in today's society is like most people don't want that period. And um, that's, that's been normal for me my entire life. And so um, I'm okay bringing that up with my clients. And I, I think that there's, you know, it, there's both pros and cons to that where I'm like, you know, this sounds like a difficult conversation, but we're still going to have it. Um, whereas, you know, maybe in a personal, you know, in your personal life, that might not be, you might not be stuck having that conversation. You can always run, you can always hang up, you can always block someone, but when you've hired someone whose whole job in essence is to provide feedback, guidance, options, opportunities. It's, it's very, it, you know, it can, it's a very vulnerable, you don't want someone picking at, you know, your journey in essence. And I think that that is some of the feedback that I've gotten. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think that there's that sort of resistance does come up during some challenging conversations um, where they maybe think that the role of a coach is always just to be cheerleading. And that is not how I lead. And I've always led pretty strongly uh, no matter where I've been. Um, I haven't always had mentors, which is interesting. People have always been really attracted to my leadership I don't really know where I've picked that up along the way, but um... I think it's even just looking at your gene keys, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of 11 spheres have the fifth line, which have to do with mentorship and leadership. Do you have a yeah. lot of fifth lines? That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I Like if I try and really rack my brain, you know, about where I've picked it up, I would say, you know, even my grandmother probably is the only person in terms of she was like a PR kind of like fabulous woman who was always kind of running around didn't you know she was like always chatting it up with everybody from you know the security guard at Tiffany's to you know the CEO of one of their departments like she appreciated every she valued every single person from ground up and never dismissed anyone. And I loved that type of leadership. Um, so, you know, and my family's like, oh, you're, you're so grandma. You know, when I go out, I like to, to chat it up with everyone. And people have told me like, wow, they're so, people tell you everything. And I, without asking, without me asking questions. And so, you know, it's, it, that has been, obviously it has, has lent itself to coaching because people are able to open up very quickly so we can like get get to work rather quickly yes. um so there's you know a lot of uh people feeling safe except when you know it comes to 
maybe my delivery on, on the hard things. I'm not sure. Well, you know what? We're going to continue to dive into the gene keys because I want you to feel the permission and the clarity in terms of how you can communicate with clients, whether that's more clearly before you work together or even when you're in it and be like, these are my gifts, like literally from Gene Keys Human Design Lens, these are my gifts. If these aren't aligned for you, that's okay, but this is this is what you can expect, right? But it's not from a, it's not a you versus me. It's like, this is what's on the table. And if you if you don't want to pick it up, then this is not meant to be. And it's yeah. so interesting because I keep hearing this flavor of respect coming through what you're sharing and that's in your EQ. So your EQ, again, that time frame between that seven to 14, eight to 15 years old, the 48, the shadow of inadequacy. So the 48 is found as a gate in your splenic center, which is all about your, your physical awareness, physical safety, security, intuition. And so it's interesting how emotionally you may find that when you get challenged mentally by someone and questioning you, that you feel inadequate. And yeah. it's like, you feel disrespected, which is the shadow of the fifth line, right? And so it's interesting because I have the 48 in a different sphere in the gene keys. And it's something that I used to feel victimized about because I was like, yeah, I do feel inadequate. Like I was like, so validated. I feel inadequate, but I realized from a business perspective, and we can look at this from a relationship perspective where it's like, because I was inadequate, I, there was an opportunity to learn. So obviously in all of these interactions, these challenging conversations and conflicts that you've had with clients, with previous clients, it's like, okay, I felt inadequate because there was a mismatch here, but then you became resourceful because you realized, oh, this is what I need in a client coach relationship. This is what I need before and after we work together. This is what we need together collaboratively to make this work. That is resourcefulness. That is the gift. And that is respect because it is bringing what is needed physically, intuitively, safety and security together. And so that city, the highest expression is wisdom is like, you know, and especially because your overlying profile, again, that three, five, that trial and error, that experimentation, like you're going to have so many examples and so much knowing of what works and what doesn't work. Right. And it, it's such a heavy responsibility sometimes. And I say sometimes, because it doesn't have to be all the time to be a mentor and to be a leader, especially when you have so many fifth lines in your chart. Right. Especially because the shadow of the flip line has to can do with like manipulation and power and the need to control. But when you come at it from being in alignment and you follow in your sacral and what's true for you and what lights you up and setting those emotional boundaries, it's like you actually get to empower yourself while you empower others and really make that impact. So I'm curious how the EQ lands for you as I share it. And then we're going to continue diving into the other ones. But I was like, I just thought it was so great. You were sharing as I can hear this, the respect, the disrespect, I'm going to go right for the EQ now. Yeah, I, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I, it's interesting. Cause I would never, I don't know if that's like a word that people use in a coaching industry, like in terms of like, yeah, I, I definitely feel disrespected by some of the feedback that I got. I definitely feel disrespected by the misalignment of like what I do, what my business is about, no matter how transparent I've been, how transparent I am as just like a person, um, how I lead my life and how strong my business ethics are. Sometimes I'm like, shit, I can't believe that misalignment happened. Like, how the fuck did that happen? And then 
to get the feedback of like, Terry, you didn't hit the mark. You disrespected me. And I'm never, you know, working with you again, or you made me feel X, Y, and Z. It's, it, it definitely makes, I, I am in a space where I feel inadequate and I'm like, okay, well, I thought my purpose was to lead what happened along the way where some of these negative interactions came about and am I adequate enough to deliver, you know, what I thought I was really strong at. So that I, inquiry. Yeah. So I just want to pin that before yeah. you keep, keep going. That curiosity right. is the act of being resourceful. Yes. I'm very, very curious. Uh, I've always, yeah. I mean, I am like someone who constantly seeks out information, who loves research, who loves to, you know, do the research before I dive into an opportunity or create my own opportunity. Um, so it does, you know, it's not like I'm like done and burnt out and laying on the floor and and saying, take me, you know, like, just like, let me lie here. I, there is still some intrigue left, which is very important to me, you know, which means I'm not fully done in some ways with just like pieces of my life. Totally. And I think one of the things I love to talking about respect is I really believe that respect has to go both ways. Like if it could be, and it ties into that dishonor. Remember who were talking about dishonor earlier. And it's like, you could be dishonoring yourself, but honoring someone else. But is that really honor if it's only one way? Right. Right. And so I think that that's, yeah. And I think it's interesting. I was having a conversation today with some really close entrepreneurial girlfriends of mine. And we were just talking about when it comes to a, client and coach relationship especially I feel like in the service industry it's so different when somebody's like oh I just you know I don't I don't think I need coaching anymore and I think I you know I'm gonna do my own thing I don't have time for this whatever maybe it becomes about the money and it's like all of a sudden they want out but it's like we we collectively had an agreement and a partnership to I'm here to support you and I'm doing my due diligence like in order to actually respect each other this needs to benefit both of us so is it, are we pausing our coaching, but you continue to pay and re revisit when you have the time? What is it? But that respect has to go both ways. But in doing that, and what I love about you having so many fifth lines and even the fourth line too, it has to do with that self-expression and that voice. And it's like, how can it be a partnership where we're shoulder to shoulder and it's not me versus you? Cause that me versus you is the shadow side of the fifth line that I need to power and manipulation because I need to lead, but it's not coming from a collaborative space, right? So it's like really interesting when we start to look at it this way, look at these triggers, that IQ, that EQ, and we'll talk about the SQ in a minute, but it's just like looking at, okay, it's almost like how can we slow things down and co-create respect together and co-create practical approaches together and mentorship together, right? Because it's just like, it can be tough out there as a business owner and especially as an artist where there's the stereotype of the starving artist, which I don't like that terminology because it just perpetuates a disempowering context, yeah. right? And so it's like, I think there's just so much more available in terms of collaboration, the way that we are, we act as clients and as, as we act as coaches. And so I hope that you can see that like respect, it, it, ha- it needs to go both ways out of respect of everyone involved, you know? Yeah, I think it's a hard word only because 
there is some entitlement when someone is paying you. And that has come up a little bit. I can see that being a trend. So, oh, well, you know, I had someone fill out an application, sounded great. I was like really intrigued. And then at the end, it was like, well, if I, you, I need, I'm not willing to invest 5k unless you can provide me with some concrete ways that this is going to benefit me or like concrete ways. Like what are the, show me some outcomes. And it's like that entitlement of like, that I'm going to do something for you is very strange to me. Like, I feel like that in itself can, is like not respecting the work you're looking for and not respecting the work that I do. Um, and so I think that the, yeah, like the respect thing is, is kind of weird when your services are in exchange for money because they want you to do something for them. And it's like, I don't do something. This is a long-term like, you know, uh, journey where we're figuring it out with, with sort of like guardrails. And I'm there to protect, you know, you with those guardrails, you know, like filtering through the good stuff. But that, you know, when you're a service provider, that's really hard to explain sometimes. Like there's no tagline for that. Yes. I literally just onboarded a one-on-one client. And before they signed up, they specifically, they asked a similar question around like what specific results can I get? And I said, listen, I never actually think somebody should guarantee results, but this is what I can do for you. And I explained how I would show up for them. I explained what we're going to do together. I explained the things that I knew I had in my control because we can't actually control the results that people get. We can only collaborate, hold accountable and, and, and generate a co-creative space together. And so again, that ties into that respect and being resourceful with like, okay, well, these are the things that I can bring to you in terms of my mentorship, my experience with this, my experience with that, and so on. And so again, it all ties back into that voice and that fifth line and that that mentoring. And actually, you know what, if you're ready for it, I can dive into the SQ now as we go back into this, because I feel like this is tying in beautifully to our conversation. Yeah. So the SQ, the spiritual quotient is like how we are really coming back to that place of love and how we're designed to connect with other people. And so what I love is that you have the fourth gene key in the SQ, and you also have it in your core wound, which is known as your vocation as well in the pearl sequence. But the fourth, the fourth gene key is found in the Ajna, which has to do with your beliefs and your perceptions and how you see things. And so the way that you're designed to connect with others is really this unique way of of either sharing similar views or you really being able to share a view that inspires them. And so when we look at the shadow of intolerance, it's like, where are we unwilling to see things differently? And that gift of understanding is like, okay, I understand that you're having your experience and I understand that I'm having my experience. And what I love about the city of forgiveness is that Forgiveness isn't condoning or enabling. It's about releasing what no longer serves us. Because ultimately, if you think about all of the challenging interactions that you've had with past clients and present clients and interactions with people in general, if we hold on to all those things, we drag that into future interactions. Because if somebody says one thing that's similar to someone else, it's like, oh, this situation is happening again. And it's, it's being intolerable to change. 
which is I think the that's, shop. That's, that's probably why I am not pushing my one-on-one services right now, because I'm like, I need to pull back majorly. If I'm feeling resentful for my business, I need to pull back majorly. If I feel like I'm questioning what I'm delivering or what, if what I'm delivering is being totally misunderstood. Um, so it's like, I'm not even in a place for my business where I'm like trying to sell, you know, my services in really in any direction, you know, um, because I've gotten such off base questions. Um, you know, I responded to that application actually. Um, and I explained that that's not really how this works. Um, you know, and, and similar to you, like what I can provide. Um, but you know, it, the, even that interaction made me upset. <laughs> but like, it's, but it's so interesting because it's giving you these opportunities to get more clear on the kinds yeah, of relationships yes. you want to have. Right. And then you know exactly, sometimes we have to know exactly what it is that we don't want to know what it is that we do want. Like if you look at, let's, if we take manifestation as an example, like let's say somebody's super green and you're like, what do you want to manifest in your life? And they're like, I don't want debt. I don't want to be alone. Like they start saying all the things they don't want because that's what they're hyper aware of. But the flip side of that is, oh, you want to be in a loving partnership. Oh, you want to have overflow and abundance. So sometimes you have to know those boundaries and those lines in order to have clarity of like, oh, this is this space that I actually want to be in. It's not crossing that line. And so what I love about this is that as your final sphere in the, in the Venus sequence vocation, it's known as the core wound in your Venus sequence, but it's showing up as vocation on genetic matrix is the same, is the same gene key. It's five, it's 4.2 now, but that four line of like your, your deeper in his wounding is like tolerating things that are not meant to be tolerated and lacking that understanding and that collaborative, like that's your experience. This is my experience and letting go of the things that you don't want. Once you understand that that is what you, what you don't want. And so the two line of, of marketing and what that means from like a vocation perspective is that you're, you know, you're really going to resonate working one-on-one with people and you're really going to resonate sharing your story. And I think ultimately a lot of like some of the messaging in that, that I've seen, even just with how you show up and supporting artists is like, you don't have to be a starving artist. Like that is a no, that is an understanding. We're not tolerating that. This is what you do want. This is what we can do. Having this understanding of how things can be different, forgiving the societal expectations of what it means to be an artist and to be thriving or to be quote starving, that like pathetic disempowering context. Like we have to forgive this in order to create space because if we hold on to the belief of I'm going to be a starving artist, I don't get to make a lot of money and have a thriving business and not trade time for money, then you're never going to be able to create something new. It's like telling an artist you're trying to paint a new painting on the same fucking canvas that already has a painting on it. It's not going to work. Right. It's, it can be very addictive. I've seen artists super addicted to the starving artist sort of mentality um, of, of, you know, this sort of like cyclical thoughts of like, I'm always going to be broke and I'm always going to be, you know, working a side gig and I'm always going to be doing this and like rewiring that with a coach can be super powerful or can be super dreadful. It depends on, you know, I've been able to, I've spent years depersonalizing this work. Um, 
and figuring out what to personalize and what not to. But I, I, I'm, I do still struggle with uh, letting, maybe letting people thinking too much about their experience and not about mine. And so that client definitely was like a very clear no, right? Like that was a very clear, like they're, they're not thinking about the growth. They're thinking about like this tangible object that they're trying to like this magic ball, um, you know, like something that's just, that can take care of all their problems. And so obviously that's not the work I do, but, um, I think the depersonalizing or thinking less about, you know, um, thinking more about my purpose and I, it needs to be at the forefront at this point. Yes. And you know what? It's so, I love how this conversation is going because it's like perfectly guiding me through your gene keys. And <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, I skipped the attraction sphere because I was yeah. like listening to you and I was like, okay, we went into the IQ, EQ and SQ. Now we just talked about your core wound, which is your vocation. But just to wrap up the, the core wound slash vocation, this is like your biggest creative endeavor that you're here to share with the world and how you were designed to begin that process of really being a contribution. Like you shifting how artists see the industry is like your ultimate gift. And that's yeah. not an easy feat because you're going against the whole world in a way, right? And so it's interesting because now if you jump back to the attraction sphere, this is your moon, which is really what drives you in life. And so that 10th gene key is found in the G center, which has to do with your identity, your lovability, your sense of direction. And so when we look at the shadow gift in city, it's interesting because the attraction sphere is specifically the, in traditional gene keys, it talks about it being your sexual wounding or like the kinds of relationships that you attract into your life. Or I, I also like to look at it from the lens of, you know, the kind of relationship that we have with our business. Right. And so that 10th gene key, that self-obsession is very much like, well, how am I being received by others? Like, how do I see myself? How can I show up? Like, it's like, all about me, me, me. But I love this jinky so much because it's a fucking paradox because it's actually quite natural, which is the gift to be obsessed with ourselves as humans, because that's just, that's how we're designed. We are a mix of consciousness and ego, and we're constantly going to flow between the two. Like it's very natural. We're never just going to get rid of the ego. Right. And then that's when you look at by social media as well, because I'm constantly looking at what am I going to say today? How am I going to be received today? Do, do people still like my boisterous personality? Who's going to be offended? You know, uh, how far can Terry push it? Cause I can push it all the way. So it's like, you know, and it's not for shock value either. <laughs> I'm just like this. Like, that's the thing. It's not, I'm not performing on social media, which is really the sort of the misconception that everyone is like, I'm not. I'm not a character. Um, and I think that that's been, that's maybe hurt my business a little bit because I sometimes will attract people who love the character. So I'm curious if you, it's funny because you talk about being boisterous and what if you offend people or what if you light people up or, or you can go all the way but it still sounds like there's a bit of hesitancy there so I'm actually really curious if you actually have fully allowed yourself to just be yourself without no, I, having any agenda 
I haven't because I uh, have studied sort of this, this new coaching world and how homogeneously white it is and how uh, messaging's messaging is, is always pretty PC in my opinion, no matter how many boisterous or loud or uh, the coaches that go into like all the taboo things. It's not even, to me, it's just the tip of the iceberg the way I see them. And for others, they're like, oh my God, thank you for saying this. And I'm like, I think about this shit all day long, but I don't necessarily, I don't, I think my main concern is coming off negative and mm -hmm. I've been told that. So I think that that's something I'm very insecure that not only am I boisterous and outspoken and, and I lead and all these things, I definitely don't want to turn people off either. So I'm a little bit more careful in my age about how I'm communicating today than maybe the shit that I used to stir up in my old job. Yes. I feel, I feel like the, because your purpose fear is about that graciousness, I'd be curious if you could really trust yourself to have the grace to say what it is that you want to say. And the fact that you have those fifth lines so much in all of your gene keys and even in your main profile in human design, you have that natural ability to be a mentor and a leader. But what if you could like really sit with and look at what could it look like, Terry, to show up as a leader without having to come from this you versus me? Because it sounds yeah. like automatically what you're assuming is that if you fully fucking be yourself, it's automatic you versus me. Right? It, it does feel that way a little bit. I don't want to turn off potential clients. I think that they will be, a you know, I, I go back and forth because I'm like, oh, but they'll be attracted to me anyway for lots of reasons, or they will accept um, the, the openness and transparency, or, you know, I will be able to then push away the people who aren't ready if I do open up all the way. But I definitely, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm insecure about, the you versus me and talking about some of the experiences that I've had because I, I see this like endless positivity in the coaching industry. That's so surface level that I'm like, well, what if these, what if like, does this shit happen to other coaches? <laughs> like, are like, is anybody else discontent or like, is anyone else like, having a financial dip, like what the fuck? Like, are these people just like rock solid all the time? Um, and I don't know what it would look like for someone else to show up maybe the way I'm feeling. I'm like, does it look like complaining? Doesn't, I'm, I am concerned with the way it looks. I am. But you know what's I've funny? Never that way. I've never been that way. But you know what's funny is like you're sharing about how things are the way they are right now and you're discontent. How could they possibly get worse? Right. But what if, what if it gets better if you just unapologetically be yourself, you know, and, and really say what it is that you want to say? Because ultimately, the way that you're showing up and sharing right now, you're not attracting your ideal clients because you're not fully being yourself, you know? And I get that that's fucking scary. And I get that, you know, there's white privilege and there's things where there's dishonesty and all of that in the industry. But ultimately, we can't 
we can't control how other people are showing up. We can only show up and control the integrity that we have and how we show up in our own business while being respectful and coming from that place of love. Because ultimately, you know, there's, we, there's, there's ultimately nothing to prove as much as we think there's something to prove. Yeah. Is that there really isn't. I think that that's what's happening in the industry is people like, well, we have to prove ourselves. We have to show that our income is constantly up and that we're not having dips and that we're only to work with dream clients and that people never fire us and that they never ask for refunds. Like it's just not true. And sometimes misalignments happen. How sexy can my content be? How, you know, um, scandalous can my content be? And I'm like, my content is not fucking scandalous. My content is real. It's my life. <laughs> like, yeah. this is my life. These are things that, you know, uh, that I believe are, I would hope that are very real. It doesn't even matter. It's just happening to me. It doesn't even matter who else it's happening to, I guess. I can tell you right now that you're not the only person that is struggling in business. I've definitely had my ups and downs and I've been open and transparent about it. And I have friends in my life who have had like multiple six figure years, multiple five figure months who seriously had to look at getting a nine to five or had a nine to five temporarily while things picked up again. That's honestly the reality of entrepreneurship. Does it have to be like that all the time for everyone? No. Is there any shame in that? Fuck no. I think anytime anyone puts themselves out there to start something new from nothing, that it's worthy of embracing all the highs and lows because that's so different than choosing a nine to five. There's nothing wrong with a nine to five. I've told clients that I've worked with to go get a fucking nine to five while we're working together because they were trying so hard to quote be full time that they couldn't, they couldn't fill up their own cup. And I'm like, how are you going to be of service to others if you can't even take care of yourself? There's no fucking shame in that. Yeah. And that that's what needs to be normalized. But like, I feel like you have so much power in your story, but you're in that shadow of being obsessed with what if I'm not well-received and what if I ruffle some fucking feathers that you're not fully putting yourself out there and being unapologetically expressed, you know? I, I just want to share this. I was in Montreal last summer and my fiance and I were walking around old Montreal and it's fucking beautiful. There's so many studios that have different artists. Like you walk in and it's like, there's loud pieces, there's, you know, physical, um, you know, structures and there's just all these different pieces of art. And it would have been so fucking boring if I'd walked in there and saw the same painting on the same size canvas 20 times. But I got to walk in and be like, holy shit, like, look at the texture of this painting. Look at the acrylics, look at the water paint, look at this, this sculpture on the floor taking up 10 feet of space. Like it was just, it was the unapologetic pieces that I can still see in my mind. And it's been almost a year since I've been in Montreal, but I don't remember the ones that just did a small little thing in the corner because they didn't want to take up space. It's definitely, I think, um, when you lack the success that you're, you know, you're working towards. And that's really, I, it's interesting because some of the stuff that I've, I've dealt with my clients over the past, you know, five years more so are things that are coming up for me now. I'm like, how, how do you have this kind of imposter syndrome? You're incredible. How do you have this kind of insecurity? You're amazing. Your story is incredible. And now it's happening to me through this, like, I, there's a, there, I'm going through a rabbit hole of emotions, um, in, on different days. 
where on one day I'm like, should I be a little bit more PC or quiet or endearing or give these potential clients more hugs, you know, through social media or through my messaging when I look at some other art coaches who are making six figures? How do I do that? I'm never going to be like that though, ever. I'm never going to lead quietly um, or lead with like using the words like release your magic or like you like the, there's just certain things that are never going to be in my vocabulary. Um, I'm not trying to sell uh, me, you know, making your dreams come true. Like that'll never be a part of my like sales page. Um and so I think that that there's the days where I compare more than others to the coaching industry. And then there are days where I compare myself to clients. And then there are days where I compare myself to my old self. It's very, it's really a mind. It's really fucked up right now. <laughs> but you know what? This is, you're literally describing your attractions for your yeah. The it's relationships, so the interactions, everything that you're attracting to you is like you being obsessed with yourself and there's no shame in that because yeah. it's actually very natural to look upon people that we look up to or people that we envy and like gather information from that but what matters is that you allow yourself to be through that what if there's fucking artists out there right now that are tired of that language of magic whatever manifestation like dream life and there's I, there's nothing wrong with that language but that language may not resonate with them and they're waiting for you to come up and be like, are you ready to be some fiery bitch that's going to blow up your art studio in the middle of New York or wherever the fuck it is that they want to have it? Right. And you, and that's the kind of thing you say. And they're like, finally, someone who's going to like slap a paintbrush across my face. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm just really think I'm, it's so interesting going through this entire conversation with you. I'm like, damn girl, I can see and hear that you're holding yourself back. And I'm really excited for you because frustrated. I want to see. Yeah. But really looking at, so the frustration is either you not responding to the things that you want to be doing or you're responding to the things that you don't want to be doing or you're responding to ideas and your beliefs rather than what's actually happening in your environment. What if you could just, maybe you think, oh, where's my ideal client? Maybe you need to actually create your ideal client, show up and speak that language that resonates with you. And you're like, who's going to resonate? That's my ideal client. You're not trying to shift and change your language to that person. It's right. you showing up. And I, I would love to see you do that unapologetically because I think that's what's going to have people up. wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I it's weird because I haven't, you know, when I started coaching, I was very, I was the same, more of me. Um, I wasn't thinking about any of this stuff, obviously, until I got some negative feedback from, you know, certain clients and I feel like I'm scarred from that. So I'm bottling up certain things and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay away from this area, behave, simmer down, Terry. And now I'm the resentment towards my business and my work is now like it, that's getting stronger than actually expressing myself? Like, do I tell people my story? Do I tell people, you know, what it's like to work with me? Do I tell people like what, that I'm feeling resentful of, of my work right now, or that I'm not feeling connected to my work right now? Like, will that 
then push people away? Or will that make them appreciate the honesty? I'm not sure. All of it's kind of confusing. They will always appreciate the honesty. Yeah. I have like this last year, the second I hit a five figure month in my business, it took me three and a half years to do it. I was so excited, not because I made like over 10 grand, but because I could record a fucking podcast episode and be like, listen up. It's not always going to happen overnight. Like you need to fucking understand this. And I showed up and I was so unapologetic about my experience and people were like so refreshed by that. Right. And, but I was just so honest that it's like one thing I love about that full level of honesty, then I feel like I never have to keep up with lies. I never have to justify anything. It's like, oh, this is who I am. If you don't like it, then leave it. But like, I'm leaving my legacy. Like you're leaving your legacy. And one thing that's in your human design chart that I want to point out is that channel of exploration, that 10 connecting to the 34. So that 10 is your attraction sphere. Like this is such a big game player in your gene keys and in your human design. That channel is specifically about you following your convictions, no matter what. And you responding because it's sacral to G center, you responding to the things that really feel and resonate to be true to you. And I think that that's a big thing into why you feel frustrated is because you're not fully trusting yourself to just yeah. show the fuck up and, yeah, and say right what now you I want to say. Yeah, I don't, but just take baby steps. I'm not yeah. I'm not asking you to post a picture of your bank account or anything on social media. Right. Just like, how can you just be honest with yourself and be like, I'm shifting my languaging. I'm doing this. Like, this is where I'm going. This is what's lighting me up. Like, just fucking do it for yourself because yeah. somebody could be watching you right now and be like, oh my God, Terry's fucking going for it. Like, I need to go for it. There's so many times other women I've seen in the industry have just pivoted and burned their shit down or, or just said something that needed to be said for them. And I was like, wow, like that was so fucking refreshing. And if the people don't resonate, then you know, oh my God, you're not my ideal client. This is beautiful. Yeah. Like you're going to yeah. find who's best, best for you. And yeah. you're coming from that place of love. It's not you versus me. Yeah. How do you absolutely. feel? How do you feel right yeah. now? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of bottling up for the sake of being safe and for the sake of not burning down my entire business for sure. I don't really know what's lingering. I mean, there's a curiosity to know what else is out there for me besides coaching. Um, but I also don't want to, you know, abandon it to the point where, you know, because I am feeling insecure about it or because I've had some bad experiences or because, you know, of what I'm feeling like today. Um, and so it's, it's a big, there's some, there's a big shift happening, but I don't want it to be like this dramatic thing because of, what I'm feeling. I don't yeah. want those things to like punish, you know, I don't want to be punished. Um, and I am punishing myself a little bit right now for sure, which is the bottling up the not speaking fully. I'm like, you know what, let me sit on this for a second before I fuck shit up because <laughs> I could get on social media and easily fuck shit up. Like in, in the best and most, you know, loud way is, you know what I mean? But, um, Again, it's like there's people on the internet trying to be so provocative and that's, I'm not trying to be like anything. Just stay in your, your own lane. You're yeah. all your, it's the paradox. How can I be me? 
Yeah. What do you mean? Like, it's how do you, you know, you know that joke when you're, I don't know, it's like, I'm sure you've seen this in movies where it's like these two little shits, like these two little kids are getting into trouble. It's like, okay, act natural. And they just stand there. (laughs) And it's like, you're trying to act natural. And it's like the least natural thing you could be doing. And it's just like being, just being you, like, like just being curious, like, what is, what does it mean to just be me to like, just to just not worry about what the fuck people think of me, what I think about myself. And I think the other thing too, when it comes to business is like, there's still this really hard alpha masculine driven energy where it's like, you need to keep going. Don't give up. You can slow the fuck down. Yeah. You can, you can be like idling, but the I vision is still there. I have yeah. nothing right now. I have and no programs ahead. Like it's June. I, you know, have no, I don't know what July is going to look like. I don't know what August is going to look like. Um, and sometimes that's it. As a sacral generator, you just have to stop and look at what there is to respond to. And I feel like today's conversation was very much looking at your Venus sequence and your human design and your gene keys and looking at like, wow, like I'm really not allowing myself to show up. Like that's like something to sit and respond to in itself, right? So that's like, might just be the next step is just contemplating this being curious about it. You don't have to do anything right now, but maybe just think about it and let it marinate and see what settles, what falls away, what comes in closer, not in, not needing to figure it out, but literally just being curious. Like we said at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, I have to, I, I definitely need to, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's interesting today's Monday and I'm kind of like, what is this week going to look like for me? How do I find purpose tomorrow or today? Or how do I find purpose this week? You know, everything is so formulaic in terms of goals and in terms of writing shit down and in terms of, um, you know, your day-to-day response to your business. Okay. I'm going to check the emails. I'm going to, but now I'm doing it mindlessly. And that's not how I, that's not how I operate. I operate from like intense passion. I eat intensely. I sleep intensely, you know, um, it's, and so when I'm like looking at emails in like a very blah way, I'll save that one for later. Cause I want to read through the whole thing or I'll, you know, whatever it is, I, I want, I crave purpose. Like I crave it, you know, I don't want to sleep through it. And so, um, I will take this week, you know, one step at a time and see if I can write down some things I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, You don't have to figure everything out now. Even if you felt like you quote, had it figured out before, like we are so fluid as human beings. So I'm curious if you feel like this conversation, obviously it's definitely left open-ended in my opinion, but I also feel like there's, there's like gems of clarity that came through. And I'm curious how you're resonating. And if you feel like we started to dive into the intention that we said at the beginning of this conversation. I mean, I'm, I, curiosity was kind of one of the overarching things and playing and just being pushed, like really realizing, uh, in my Venus that like, I need to uh, go back to just like relaxing into myself. Um, because I've had some of these negative experiences that have called me out on my character. I am taking that to like bed with me every night. And instead of like getting back up, you know, onto the horse and kind of like, you know, sharing my story, which I would, I would tell a client to do, you know, um, 
I'm working through, I guess, some of the maybe activities or some of the conversations I've had with clients that work really powerful. And I'm like trying to use that in my life right now. Um, so I think like being, you know, thinking about what I would want to share and just sharing that without any sort of covers. Um, yes. One story at a time, I think that would be helpful. Um, and just being encouraged to do that, I think is helpful. Yes. So good. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I want to thank you for your vulnerability today. And I know that this conversation is not a typical conversation that people are willing to talk about, like (laughs) real shit that people deal with, with clients. And like, how do you work through that? How do you get through the imposter syndrome and like the questioning of, do I burn my business down? And when you know that you don't really want to do that, like what the fuck do you do next? There's a lot of lack of clarity, but I really, I personally, I'm excited for you. That's what I feel. I'm excited for you. And I feel like the things we talked about in your Venus sequence today, I was just like, oh my God, like there's so much, there's so much love here. There's so much collaboration. I see so much possibility. And so I hope that, I hope that you feel that too, because things might move slow and flow. Like we're not here to just fucking race out of the gates, but I feel like this is a healthy direction that this conversation moved you into, in my opinion. Yeah, no. And I, I feel your energy, which is like very inspiring. Do you know what I mean? It, it feels like, okay, maybe talking to more people in the industry who are not necessarily like, I don't know. I, I need to kind of dig into uh, maybe who I'm keeping myself around. It's so easy to work in solitude. Um, I mean, I also live alone. I don't have roommates. And so it's, it's even easier to just uh, talk to yourself and get and either get no response from yourself or or get lots of responses from yourself. So I think um you know maybe I should start talking to my audience. Yeah, 100%. Normalize these conversations. We can yeah. have ebbs and flows. We can have dips in income. We can have great interactions with clients, crappy interactions with clients. We can revive ourselves from the dead. Like we can set boundaries like that's part of being an entrepreneur. So I love that you are going to give yourself the space to do that. So before I wrap things up in our conversation today, can you tell our audience where they can connect with you online? And I'm going to put all the, all the links and things in the show notes as well. Yeah. So you can uh, connect with me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. I am going to be, so it's at Terry Froman. Um, I'm also going to be starting um, maybe, I guess I should probably just start being more provocative on my, uh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, um, as sort of a, a precursor to maybe a podcast. So I will, you know, stay tuned on Instagram for that. Um, my newsletter, uh, I, well, I wouldn't call it a newsletter. It's more of like a letter to you. Um, I, you can sign up for that on my website, www.terryfroman.com. Um, this week I'm actually sharing like my top faves of different categories. So this week I am sharing, um, my top favorite, like my five favorite Instagram accounts that I follow religiously. Um, and then on Friday I'll be sharing my top five podcasts and you're on it. So thank you. So stay tuned. Yeah. Just like follow me along this, this crazy ride. So good. Thank you for coming on today, Terry and sharing graciously. And I really loved our conversation and you just went so many directions and brought it back in and like went like deep into the heart with the dagger. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be great. We're not doing anything half-assed in this conversation. (laughs) No fucking way. No. (laughs) 
So I want to thank the the audience today. If you're listening on the podcast, please share, tag us. If you can take a moment to subscribe and leave a review, that would be amazing. And also to those watching on YouTube, of course, subscribe, leave us a comment, let us know what you think. And hopefully this resonated with you. And thank you so much, everyone. And we'll chat with you in the next episode.